Hey, Spoil Milk family. Hope, hope everyone is doing great out there today. DJ, how's it going today? I'm doing good, Big Mike. I am doing pretty good. Well, great. Well, great. Well, awesome. Spoil Milk family, you're in for a treat. Today, we shall go where we shall boldly go where no one has gone before. We call this the Star Trek episode. DJ, how excited are you? <laughs> I, 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 I can't hit that uh, soprano. Not quite, not to, quite. It, to might do it. it might hurt a little. Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. You know, I am not the uh, hugest Trekkie. Okay. Uh, okay. But I, I do uh, I do respect Star Trek, and I, I do have uh, a fond love for it. Uh, I think we've uh, spoke before about my love for the next generation. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, my love and, for the original Yeah, exactly. And you and my wife don't agree about that, but we're, we're going to get through it. Oh, I thought she... Okay, now, I was thinking she was on, on, on my team on that one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She agrees with you. She doesn't agree with oh, me. Oh, okay. So, yeah, uh... yeah, okay. Okay. Well, well yeah. awesome. Shout out to Miss DJ. Yeah, she, she she's definitely a, a a Kirk fan. So, oh, me too. You know, me too. But yeah. but I love her anyway. So definitely, she definitely, because I kind of fumbled that uh, intro because I wanted to say what no man has gone before. You know, shout out to the original cast. You know, and and uh, you know, just to give people a brief summary on Star Trek, it was uh, created by the great Gene Roddenberry. It premiered, I think, you might correct me if I'm wrong, 1966. The, uh, that sounds about right. Right, right. That sounds and about right. The funny thing is it ran for three seasons and got canceled. And in the, I, I think the fan following of the, of the reruns and the syndication made it so great that they brought them back in either the late 70s or the early 80s for Star Trek the movie. And then that that led the, the sort of boom of the love for Star Trek, which led us into Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. That was another one that I don't think anybody watched, so we don't even have to even cover that one. But the captain was the same guy that, that was the star of Quantum Leap, if you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Scott Bakula. Scott, Scott Bakula. Bakula. Thank you, thank yeah. you, yeah. Sam, yeah, Sam was the star of that one, and they recently started Star Trek Discovery, which is pretty awesome. I'm on season two of that one. Have you checked that one out yet? Uh, so I looked at season one. It was it was okay. It was pretty good. The only thing I didn't like about it, I guess, because it was on uh, CBS uh, Access. Yeah. And uh, I at that time I was not about to pay for another streaming service where there was only going to be one thing on there that I wanted to see. So, you know, yeah, I kind of got through the first, well, at least through most of the first season. Okay. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm not paying for CBS access. That's not happening. I mean, because I, I can't see myself. I don't even know what they have on CBS access. Like, do they have like law and order or like CSI or one of those, you know, one of those shows for old people. Yeah. But basically so, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of old (laughs) shows on there. It's basically anything that's ever come on CBS, you can get. Well, but let me take that back. Let me pause. I'm not sure if it's anything that's ever come on CBS, but it's pretty much all of their stuff from now. Probably maybe a couple shows that have been recently canceled. I'm not sure if it's got a lot of the 80s stuff on there or not. But um, speaking of not wanting to get CBS access, I was in the same boat. 
and I watched, I think I saw, I, I saw the pilot episode of Undiscovery, and I think I saw the second one, and I was I was kind of not necessarily hooked, but but you know I was pretty much into it, and I saw this thing where you can do you know they do the free for seven days on the Fire Stick for the CBS access, and I'm on day number six now, and I'm thinking seriously about continuing it on because because I mean it's a, it's a very good series. It's got a lot of action, got some got some kind of original characters, and the interesting thing it, it follows Michael Burnham who is uh, played by Sonequa Martin-Green, a.k.a. Sasha from The Walking Dead. And she's the star, and she's not the captain. And it's an interesting take. You know, most of the shows basically center on the captain and, you know, some of the main crew members. But she's basically the star of the show, and she's she's not a captain. Yeah, what I saw was very intriguing uh, uh, as far as discovery, uh, because it kind of, you know, takes a, a slightly different look, uh, at the, uh, Starfleet and they're very, uh, mid- militarized, uh, and they have a different approach than what, uh, most of us are really used to. And I, I know that some of the Star Trek fans, like the people who are like deep rooted and they're deep seated and the uh, mythos of Star Trek, some, some of them didn't like it, but I, I know for me, I'm open to a new take. Especially because, yeah, you know, I'm not like a lifelong Star Trek fan. I'm, a, you know, I'm more of a Star Wars guy. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so a little bit uh, of a different take. Uh, but I, I do need to check out CBS Access uh, to look at Picard, right? Because Picard, oh, yeah. Picard is definitely, definitely, you know, he's one of my favorites. So I, I think I watched the first episode for okay. free. They had some promotion, but I haven't really watched it beyond the first episode. So I really uh, am interested in getting into that uh, when I get a chance. Oh, totally. Try that seven days for a free thing. I mean, it's worth it. And I sent myself a reminder on my phone and it dinged about an hour ago, you know, that this is day number six. So I got, let's see, I got a few hours to make that decision if I want to extend it. But I think I will. I think I'll probably extend that. Well, they got, so one of the things that did intrigue me, right, about what they have coming up, right? So other than Star Trek, uh, you know, uh, Picard, or what's the one with Burnham again? Uh, Voyager. Uh, uh, no, no, not Voyager. I'm Discovery. Sorry. Discovery. Discovery, yeah. Yeah, Voyager is Jane, Janeway. That's, That's Janeway. Janeway. Sorry about That's right. Janeway. Which, I actually like Janeway. She was pretty cool, but. I like Janeway, uh, too. Yeah, so I'm looking at CBS Access here. And uh, what I forgot about is this, is that they have a new Stephen King, uh, The Stand, coming out. So uh, I am pretty much, I am really interested in that uh, because I'm a, yeah, I'm a long-time uh, fan of The Stand. Not so much, I mean, I like Stephen King, right? But right. like, I'm not like one of these people who have read all of his books. I've read quite a few and they're good. Right. But The Stand is one of my favorites. And uh, so I've read, I saw the original miniseries that came out. I read the novel. Um, all thousand uh, plus pages it, of it. Well, I I can't say I read all of it. I read most of it. <laughs> uh, I I did have. The, I think I still have some of the uh, comic book series that came out about fifteen years ago. Okay, they did a comic awesome. book on it too that was based off of the novel. But I I do want to see the uh, new uh, new iteration of that. So I may have to sign up for this free trial and uh, see how it goes. They got a couple oh, yeah. of things up here because I, I just automatically assume that CBS Access. I'm like I do you know I don't watch you know CSI whether it's Miami, New York, or yeah, it doesn't C- matter. They got 
Yeah, CSI Afghanistan. I don't know what they where where they at now. I have no idea, but I'm not a fan of that stuff. But I guess I, I might check out this uh this free seven day trial and see oh, yeah. how it goes. So what do you have on the docket for us for Star Trek for today? Okay, well great. On the docket for today, I propose to you the challenge of us creating the ultimate Star Trek crew. And we can draw <laughs> on any of the versions of Star Wars you would like to. You Star Trek. Say- Star Trek, did I say Star Wars? I'm yeah, you probably, said Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm probably more of a Star Wars fan too, except this last three, and I guess that might have been a Freudian slip. Yeah, um, my fault. We will draw from the Ultimate Star Trek crew, and we can use all of the television shows, the movies, whatever. Everything is fair. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. And so I would I would say we, we we'll save the top positions for last. We're gonna save our ultimate captain for last and start off on kind of a miscellaneous crew. And this miscellaneous crew is going to be people that are going to be helpful. These aren't going to be the red shirt, the red shirts that beam down to the planet that never come back. These, these are going to be people that are going to be vital to the working of the ship. <laughs> not, not Ensign Smith. Ensign Smith or... never, never comes back. I mean, his insurance is probably just through the roof because his job security is, pretty bad and he's the first one to go agent smith i mean instant smith and instant johnson yeah it's, it's it's pretty much bad for them it's terrible for them yeah that's <laughs> that's, that's how it goes all right so uh what rank or position you want to start with first okay well cool i just say let's just lame our miscellaneous crew these these aren't going to be people that necessarily serve in the highest positions but they they need to be part of the squad i think okay Okay. All right. I can I can go first, or if you want to go first. Uh. Well. Let's. Uh. You know what? Let's start with. Da, 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 da. Let's do like let's three. With, three missiles. Yeah, all right. So let's go with. Uh. I guess security. Okay. Right. You you good with that? I I know that the original series didn't really have security, but as far as like uh. Uh, security slash tactical. Okay. I know we have Worf. We have uh, Tasha Yar. They both were on the Next Generation. We got like uh, uh, what's his name from Deep Space Nine? Odo. Oh yeah, Odo. Yeah, we'll right. throw yeah we'll throw him in there. The shapeshifter. Uh, okay. okay. So, so you know what? I'll go right. I'm, I'm gonna do a dark horse because usually I do Worf. Right? I usually okay. say Worf, but okay. I'm gonna go with Odo on this one. I'm shocked you didn't pick your boy Worf. Okay, all right. I, I usually do. I like Worf because Worf was good, right? He eventually uh, he he took over for uh, Tasha Yar once she died. Like I think that was early in season one, right? Okay. okay. Uh, she died. Worf took over as tactical slash security, uh, and Worf is he, he does really great, right? He's fought everything, including Borg. He, he's fought everybody, but I like Odo. Right, just because of his shape shifting abilities. Okay. okay, so not only can he fight and he has the tactical acumen, but he also has the ability to blend in in a crowd in case you know he he needs to have some type of surprise element. So I'm gonna, I'm going to go with him on that. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, so so um, Odo is the first member of our miscellaneous crew. Okay. I will I will go next. I'm I'm gonna go on to pick 
Seven of Nine. She was on Voyager. Seven oh. was a very, very popular character. All of the fanboys are clapping somewhere. That Seven. I am too. I, I can't. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't believe I, I forgot about her. Oh, Seven good pick. Makes the team. Yeah. Um, she was, and and if you aren't familiar with the Borg, it was pretty much, pretty much like an alien race that would um pretty much. Uh, assimilate different different uh, groups of people, not not only humans. And their um, their motto was um, basically, you, you know, you you are can't can't resist. It's going to be pretty much a hive mind society. And Seven was the seventh member of the nine person crew. She was affiliated with with the Borg. And some way she broke free of the Borg. I don't remember the exact origin of how she got on the Voyager crew. But uh, she was she was pretty tactical. She had strength. She was a great fighter. She kind of had a kind of um, loner personality. They never really got to know exactly what was going on with Seven. She kind of hit kind of hit her emotions. But I think she would be vital for this ultimate Star Trek crew. Man, great, great pick, great pick. I man, that was that. I thought I had the dark horse. That was good. That that was. <laughs> that was really good. I forgot all about seven and nine. And, and you know what? We got to give a shout out to Michael Dorn, right? Because, oh, yeah, gotcha. you know, definitely Worf. And, and I think he is the one crew member that has probably been affili- uh, uh, connected or affiliated with more of the very series than anyone else uh within the star trek universe so uh you know we got we got to give him honorable mention there i I mean i i started to go with him but i just kind of wanted to go a different direction uh but man seven to nine great pick great great pick where where do you want to go next where you want to go next okay all right next next let's see okay so we coming from the bottom up here okay so let's let's go with the um with the people people flying the ship with the pilot and helmsman okay okay Oh man, you want me to go first or you want to go first? Okay, well on on a, this one I will I will go first. Um let's see with uh this one I'm probably going to have to take a take a nod out to my my wonderful original series <laughs> cast. There's nothing like saying Mr. Sulu Warp Factor 6. Yeah. I'm yeah. With, with Mr. Sulu, he's he's going to fly this 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 ultimate cast here. It's ultimate crew. Yeah, here. I, I have to agree with you there. Uh, Sulu, uh, not only uh, not only was Sulu uh, a capable uh, pilot slash helmsman, wherever we want to call him for this for this uh, for this uh, slot, but he also was very. He, I think it's important to have a tactical crew, yeah. right? To have a crew that not only can do their job, but when you know the going gets tough. They can fight. They can hold their own. Oh, and, yeah. and I, I will say that about the original crew, right? Like everybody on the original Enterprise uh, could hold their own in a fight. And Sulu, not only was he a, a helmsman slash, uh, uh, you know, a pilot, uh, but he also was a, a, an adept fencer. Oh, he yeah. uh, uh, had acrobatic skills, you know, and I think that goes a long way, you know, especially when you're out in the midst of, you know, you know, no man's land, you need right. to have somebody that can, you know, they, they can uh, put up the Dukes and uh, hold their own. So. Yeah, totally. exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
And if it's anything I will say, I will say the original Star Trek crew has that in spades, leaps and bounds above everybody else. I mean, and it's a testament to the to that crew. They didn't even have a security officer. They didn't need one because they, they can all fight exactly. from top to bottom. From everybody top to bottom, they can all fight. Everybody yeah. stuff. And even though it was totally illogical, for your captain, your first officer, your doctor, your engineer, and your helmsman to beam down to the planet at the same time. I mean, really? I mean, you're going to take all of your leadership people and you're going to beam them down to the planet and leave everybody else to kind of run the ship by themselves? But, but yeah, I will agree that the original cast did did have, you know, the probably the best hand-to-hand crew or the toughest people as far as hiding behind a rock and shooting phasers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, without question. And, and you know what? It's 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 just, you know, I guess it, it's really indicative of a different time. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, cause, you know, as you move from the original series to the next generation, uh, the philosophy, it changes somewhat. Like, yeah, I know they're going into space to seek out new civilizations and new planets and to boldly go where no man has gone before. But as you kind of get into the next generation, you see the politics of various uh, of various races and species more so at the forefront of the episode. I mean, you kind of see it in the first series, but you see it even more so as you get into the next generation and you get into the connection with the Romulans and the connection with the... Uh, uh, with the... Um, uh, man, what is uh, Worf's people? Klingons. Uh, Klingons, thank you. Yeah. It escaped me. Uh, in various races from there, uh, you see it more so. But uh, in the, the original series, you see it a little bit, but but then there's a fight almost in every episode. So uh, oh, yeah. a little different response there. So uh, totally. Let, let's move on here, and I will uh, – let's go to communications. Communications, awesome. awesome. Yeah, okay. all right. And I and I suspect we're gonna be on the same page again here. Uh, <laughs> with the great, you go ahead and say. It. You go ahead and say. It. I, I I'll sit back. I'll sit back. <laughs> okay, with the great Ahura, she has to be our communications expert. Yes, unquestionable. Oh yeah, totally, totally. And uh, dare I also make make this uh, this amendment? Uh, Captain Janeway wore pants. All of the people after the original, all of the ladies, rather, after the original series wore pants. Can we keep Ahura wearing the skirt and stockings? Is that possible? Without question. We, we, would, have <laughs> a, uh, we would have a riot on our hands if we did not. So, I mean, exactly. the, the great Nichelle Nichols, I, I think Nichelle. she would. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, reach out to us and uh, have a problem with that as well. So, uh <laughs> But yeah, yeah, Ohura, and and you know what? And I would even say uh, in the uh, new movie with um, uh, the new crew uh, with uh, you know Chris Pine and all those guys. We had uh, what is her name? Yep, yep, Zoe Saldana, uh, who played Ohura uh, in the new movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, She does a great job there. Right, so I, I would be open to either version of Uhura there, uh, but I, I'm leaning more towards Nichelle Nichols. Yeah, but but uh, it really just a, a great character overall 
to be able to decipher dialect and oh, yeah. uh, various communication si- systems in deep space. Uh, so, you know, a uh, big shout out there, man. But yeah, we got to keep Nichelle Nichols there, Uhura, in our spot for communications officer. Right, right. And uh, briefly, I did not like Zoe Saldana in that role that much. You didn't? Wow, no, I okay. Did. I didn't. Um, And I'm trying to figure out why I didn't. I think it was so hard to to um, have her emulate Nichelle Nichols because out of all of them, you know, I would say, like, Chris Pine played a, played a great Kirk. He didn't play mm-hmm. Kirk the same way as William Shatner, but I liked his take on it. Um, the um, guy that, that played Spock, Zachary Quinto, he was he was okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have strong feelings for or or against him. He was just kind of like right in the middle. And the okay. guy that played Bones, I actually thought he was he was pretty awesome. He's he's also our our friend from the from the boys. Uh, same same actor. Totally yeah, great Carl awesome. Urban. Carl great Urban. Carl Urban. He actually has manners as bones, but he still has that kind of edgy personality. And he sort of took a different take on bones. Um, bones, bones on the on the original show is kind of honorary, kind of aggravated, had a frown on his face a, a whole lot. Uh, Carl, Carl Urban really emulated a whole lot of the things that DeForest Kelly did, but he kind of took his own spin. Whereas Zoe Saldana. I didn't really think she necessarily took a different spin than Michelle Nichols, and I I just thought she was just an okay cast member. I I didn't think she was she was you know one of the standout cast members of that new trilogy. Okay, all right. Well, I, I you know what I can't be mad out. there. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. fine. I mean, I'm good yeah. with that. Yeah, but we I'm good. But on on the legendary Miss um, Nichols though. Yeah, okay, as long, long as we good there. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally in agreement on that one. Totally. Okay, <laughs> all right. And the next one, we... Okay, this is this is going to be an interesting one. Speaking of DeForest Kelly and Carl Urban, they are up for this next for this next officer. Who do you have for your chief medical officer? Uh, so, I mean, I got to go with Bones. I have to... I, I got to oh, go... Okay. wow. Uh, uh, yeah, I, even though... Uh, uh, was it Gates McFadden? Doctor Crusher, uh, yeah, yeah, Doctor Crusher, uh, Miss McFadden. She she does a great job on uh, the Next Generation. Okay. Again, you know, I I guess it's, it it comes down to you know being able to hold your own when you go uh, as part of the away team. Okay, right, okay. And, and we've seen that a lot with uh, Doctor McCoy. So I, I gotta stick with Doctor McCoy there. Just because he just just able to hold his own, able to you know not only uh, and and not just for medical purposes, right? Because if we just go strictly by, by medical purposes. Uh, uh, Doctor Crusher uh, just proved herself time and time again. But yeah. the difference between them is when Bones would sit down with Captain Kirk. You know, they would literally have disagreements about different things, right, or different approaches. And he was able to sway Captain Kirk from time to time based on what needs to be said or what needs to be done. So just just that fact of having that ability to say, no, we don't need to do this. We need to do that. I got to give it to uh, Bones. I got to give it to him. 
I can agree on Bones because, yeah, because Bones, Kirk, and Spock were pretty much the trilogy of brain trust on that first, you know, on, on that first series. You know, it would it would be a lot of times that that they would kind of have to pull Kirk back off the ledge, so to speak. You know, Bones Bone was Bones was the passion, Spock was the intelligence, and Kirk was the passion, the fury, and all of that. So whereas Dr. Crusher focused on, you know, I'll just be in the med bay and you send the sick people down and I'm good. Yeah, Bones would make a trip to the bridge and Bones took a took a whole lot of the trips down to the planet and when it looked bleak, Bones could figure out some kind of cure. He had that little bag he would put over his shoulder and he had all of those different little tricorders and different gadgets in there. So yes, I I definitely go with Bones. He's an excellent choice. And so far, we have quite a few, quite a few of the original cast on here. I see. Yeah, I think it's gonna change for me real soon. <laughs> a bit real soon. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. So now, okay. So, science officer. That's an that's an interesting one. Oh yeah, and this and this is when it starts to change. Okay, this is when it starts to change. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is where it starts to change. Uh. Just slightly, right? Because now, now this is the one. This is the one position that I really had to fight myself on. Okay. Right. Because technically, Spock is a science officer. Yeah. And he he's a I think he was a first officer as well. Right. Right. But I look at Spock more so as a science officer. All right. Okay. More so than anything else. And uh, then we got da- data on the other end. Oh yeah, so yeah. Oh man, so I really fought with this one, uh, just because, uh, just because, uh, you know, Spock is just such a great character. Looking at his uh, analytical prowess, uh, how he approaches things, how he uh, logically uh, goes uh, into various uh, various uh, solutions for things, but I got to give this one the data. Okay. Uh, just because of his positronic mind is and his computing ability, and then time and time again, how many uh, how many times he's come through for saving the next generation crew, whether it's the Borg, whether it's uh, reconfiguring the shields, whether it's inputting data uh, at a high level and rate, whether it's them coming against. Uh, you know, uh, uh, stronger characters when he's part of the away team and then him having to use that brute strength. I got to go with Data on this one. Data is a wonderful choice, definitely. And I'm going to put Mr. Spock to the side because I have Mr. Spock earmarked for for a different role on the ship. <laughs> okay, I would I like to you. nominate Michael Burnham from the, from hmm. the brand new Star Trek Discovery. She's their science officer. Uh, she's she's uh, she has a very unique way of figuring out a solution when there is no solution apparent, and she's actually okay. Spock's older sister, or older adopted sister. She's a human that was raised by Sarek and Amanda. Those are Spock's parents, and she has a lot of potential. Um, like I said, I'm in season two, but yeah, you know she she always goes the extra mile. She breaks the rules when they have to be broken. She's she's um she's strictly four star fleet when it counts, so she she sort of is a rebel in a certain extent, a certain sense. 
she has a she has a personality similar to Captain Kirk in the way that that there is no no win situation. She kind of digs deep and she figures out a way. Now, as far as the 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 brilliance of it, as far as data, you know, being pretty much a a, a walking computer, Mister Spock being a super genius as well. I'm not sure if she quite measures up on their level or they haven't shown her, you know, figure out those deep analytical issues quite yet on the show. But as far as being tough and being savvy and smart and figuring and being a problem solver, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to recommend Michael Burnham for the science officer. Good pick. Good pick. I thought, you know what? I thought you were going to go with uh, like Chakotay off of, uh, off of Voyager. I like yeah, yeah, he he's good. We got to give him definitely a uh, an honorable mention there because uh, he, he's oh, a good yeah. character as well. But yeah, picking Michael Burnham that's good. There's there's one episode in particular where she comes up with the uh, the uh, solution for that alien being, and I'm not gonna really spoil it. But yeah. I was impressed with her. Uh, I was impressed with her solution. So good yeah, pick, she, she, good she, pick she, up she, in Burnham. Very good. Yeah, she's very good. Okay, so this next one I. Can already see your your pick on this one. I can see him in my mind right now. The chief engineer. Who is your pick for chief engineer? <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know I'm not going with Scotty, right? Come on now, Captain. I'm giving I, it all I got. I, look, I, 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 you know what? Scotty <laughs> reminds me of like a drunk mechanic in the hood, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I can see, uh, see Scotty with some with some greaser fingernails and the cigarette yeah. behind his ear. Yeah, but I gotta go with Jordy LaForge. He's the uh, he's the chief mechanic on the Corvette, right? That's what he does. He's got yeah. he's got everything to spec. He's got everything laid out. He he's a he's a machinist. He he's got everything going. Uh, you know, one of the things that impressed me about uh, Jordy is that no matter what the situation is, he's really looking for a different angle. Uh, I, I was really impressed about, uh, I, I guess it's uh, Star Trek uh, First first Contact. Okay. Uh, where they go back in time and they meet up with uh, Zephyrin Cockrum. Exactly. Who was, I, I think he was the, uh, the first guy to come up with uh, warp uh, technology on Earth. Exactly. Uh, he came up with that first, which uh, started or got the attention uh, of the Vulcans and other intelligent life in the galaxy. And, uh, you know, seeing Jordy LaForge work with him and then working within the limitations that they had then in order to re- repair the Enterprise and really, uh, 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 well, not repair the Enterprise, but uh, get their technology up and running with what they had back in the war-torn earth. I, I remember that very vividly. And uh, that's always stuck with me about his, uh, his ability to, uh, his ability to really adjust with whatever was going on at the time. Okay. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. I'm going to say we, we in total agreement on our Jordy. I, I, I think Jordy is a great choice for this crew. And if I can add only one thing, I will say that Jordy, they showed him, have more of a technological mind. Mm-hmm. Scotty was more, well, there's a problem with the warp drive, Scotty. Can you fix it before we crash into this sun? And guess, Captain, I will fix it. 
at, but with Jordy, Jordy seemed to have a better grasp of technology. You know, he would yeah. be the one that created this warp engine. And Jordy was more than a problem solver. He was more of a tech of a tech genius as as well. And I kind of like Jordy's personality. He was cool on the crew. You know, he wasn't always in for the the big root powwow on what to do next. But but he was a great leader on the bridge. So yeah, total agreement on Jordy. Yeah, and you know what? And and one little other shout out I gotta have about his character, which I always love this about his character, the great LeVar Burton, right? Uh, oh, yeah. playing Jordy LaForge. Uh they would they would have episodes where, you know, the warp core is cracked or whatever, or you know, we gotta evacuate the engineering area or the warp core area. And he would always make sure that whoever was there, he would at least grab one or two people and make sure they got out safely. And, and to me, that is a great move if you're a leader of a department or, you know, you're a leader anywhere, that you're grabbing whoever you can to save them and rescue them. And uh, I, I know that Scotty did that from time to time, but I guess they just show more uh, more of that with Jordy LaForge. Right, right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Jordy was an outstanding pick. Okay, so it looks like we're down to the two <laughs> ones. So we got the first officer and the captain. Before we cover the first officer and the captain, did you want to mention any one or any two for an honorable mention for the first alternates for like, man, sorry, you just barely missed the cut? Uh, so a couple uh, honorable mentions out there. Uh, for a couple of uh, roles. Uh, I won't just say for Captain and First Officer, if you're good with that. Oh, yeah, sure. But, oh, oh, okay. definitely not, not uh, Captain and First Officer, just anybody in general that, that you want to have at Starbase 9 ready to beam over in case you need to, to replace somebody. Uh, so I will always say, like, Tuvok, right? Okay. Uh, Tuvok off of uh, Voyager. Uh, uh, the Vulcan uh, Tactical Officer, uh, you know, he, he really didn't make the cut here on this episode, right. but I always thought he was a great character as far as, you know, looking at the, uh, the analytics of, uh, or, or the, the tactical analytics of what needs to be done, uh, with, on the Voyager crew. Uh, okay. so, you know, I got to give him a shout out and, uh, not only him, I also got to give a shout out to, uh, uh, man, uh, Janeway. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One one of my favorites, uh, Captain Janeway, as well. What about you? You got anybody you want to give a shout out to? Oh, before sure. we uh, move right into Captain, we move right into Captain First Officer. And First Officer, yeah. Oh yeah, I would. I would just like to make a quick comment about Tuvok. Uh, shout out to Tuvok. I didn't realize that were black people on Vulcan. So so yeah. Uh, shout out to a uh, Tuvok. He, he had a nice stoic personality, that nice, you know, emotionless Vulcan personality. He was he was strong and stern. He had that Vulcan strength. And Captain Janeway, the first lady captain of a Star Trek of a Star Trek vessel that we saw, you know, televised. She had a definite strength. Um, you know, she was tough in this all boys club. Mm-hmm. And the way she handled the Borg was tough because she pretty much wiped them out. She was she was fearless, and I'm not gonna pick her for my captain, but yeah, uh, definitely Janeway. If something happens to the captain, and you can beam over from Starbase Nine or take a shuttlecraft over and join us in deep space, 
definitely uh, Captain Janeway needs to be there. And I also want to commend uh, Captain Cisco, Captain Benjamin Cisco, played played by the awesome Avery Man Called Hawk Brooks. Um, I would have really liked to see him as a ship captain instead of a Starfleet base captain or instead of, you know, just that deep space kind of space station captain. I really, I would have really liked to see him on a ship. So, so shout out to him too, as far as being honorary on this team. And that's, that kind of wraps it up for my honorary recommendations to get us down to the main event. First officer. Well, you you read my mind with Cisco. Okay, all right. So you want to go first, or you want me to go? You, because I know we're gonna be definitely opposite here. I know we're gonna be opposite. You can go first. You can go first. (laughs) All right. So they they got it. In my opinion, uh, the the captain and the first officer, uh, they they got to go together. They got to be the same. Uh, That's the only way it works because they are. they definitely should balance one another out. Okay, they shouldn't be too rah rah, but then they also shouldn't be uh, too uh, analytical. So right. I, I, you, you know me. I already said that I'm a, a <laughs> TNG fan, the Next Generation. Okay. I gotta go with my man John Luke and okay. uh, Will Riker. I gotta go with him. I got, I, I okay. got to. I, I, okay. I watched too many episodes uh, with them. And uh, I, I think for me, the uh, the the episode that cemented this pick for me is when uh, uh, the Borg kidnap uh, Captain Picard and uh, turn him into, uh, or he they assimilate him, mm-hmm. and uh, Riker has to take over, and uh, just seeing the dynamic uh, of you know Picard going over to the enemy, Riker having to take over, Riker having to. Uh, you know, assume the captain role, and then eventually, spoiler alert, uh, them getting Picard back, and Picard, uh, you know, uh, getting back into the role of being a captain again. Just, just that, that for me, that says that says it all, man, about uh, how good they are uh, together as a team, and then uh, even how good they are individually. Okay. Excellent choice. I I have nothing nothing against Picard and Riker. I I always thought a little more of Picard. I th- I thought he was a great captain, and the elements of that series was just different from the from the from the original series. They were more analytical. Um, I remember, you know, Kirk was Kirk was the nineteen sixties personified, mm-hmm. and Picard was more of the nineties. Kirk was Warp Factor Six and Arm Phaser Banks. Those those were his main commands. And Picard's main command was open a hailing frequency. Let's talk. Let's 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 speak with him. Yeah. I I I, I love Picard. I kind of like Riker. But of course, my my pick is Captain James Tiberius Kirk and Mr. Spock. I don't think that would be a Star Trek today if it wasn't for Kirk and Spock. Taking nothing from everyone else that came after, I just think Shatner and Nimoy led that show in a way that made it something that people were just so vested in that it's it's surviving to the day. And Kirk being a sort of a hothead, being very passionate, sort of looking before he leaping, but always finding that no that no un, unwinnable fight, 
and always finding a way out of no way, so to speak. And Bones and Spock working together, Spock more often than Bones to to pre- pre- present to him sometimes the more reasonable way to go. But Spock having that super intellect and nobody yet has done that Vulcan shoulder pinch as good as Mr. Spock. He's had all that super strength. And one of the one of the coolest episodes I remember was when I think it was Kirk. Kirk Bones, Uhura, and maybe Sulu, they were beaming down to another planet and they got caught in some kind of transport and mishap. And they went into an alternate universe and they went into a universe where Star where Starfleet was evil. And the um the Mr. Spock on this new ship had a smooth goatee. And I remember that. That was a good episode. <laughs> that was a very good episode. And they worked with him because even though he was in this alternate universe where Starfleet was evil, he was still Mr. Spock. He analyzed everything correctly. You know, he kept he kept he kept the uh, the emotions out, and he figured out that yeah, the best thing would be is to get these people off the ship and to, and to help them to get his his crew back. And the way they showed Mr. Spock is being so multifaceted, like when he did show emotions that it just went overboard, basically. And and how you know the whole Vulcan physiology, having the green blood, and 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 uh, you know they they had a mating season, and his awkward sort of sort of relationship with Sarek. Yeah, I, I think Spock and Kirk to me are my favorite two characters on the show. And of course, I'm picking Captain Kirk and Mister Spock as Captain the First Officer. Good pick, good pick. I you know uh, I just I know we have a different. Uh, view on the uh, different series, right, but I, right. I gotta agree with you. Uh, you know, had it not been for Kirk and Spock, uh, they, uh, they there probably would be no Star Trek right now, right? Just that that whole dynamic, and and you know, it just gets. And this is the one thing I will say uh, because I really haven't watched the Picard show just yet, but right. I will say this about uh, Spock and uh, Kirk their relationship develops into such a beautiful thing uh, as the years go on, as the show goes on, and even throughout uh, into the movies. Oh, definitely. And I, I, yeah, and I, I would say that is the linchpin of uh, most of Star Trek. And you, you can ask people whether they like uh, The Next Generation or Voyager or Discovery or Deep Space Nine or any of the other movies and iterations of the show. Uh, you know, most people come back to that relationship between uh, Spock and Kirk, and it uh-huh. is just it is just so great and grand, and it's it's truly a friendship, right? It right. truly is. So you know, uh, I, I can't you know, though I picked Picard and uh, Riker as my captain and first officer. I you know what I I, I gotta say you can't go wrong with Spock and uh kirk at all or kirk and spock you, you just can't uh great pick great pick. thank you thank you and and uh and, and to add i really think it was great how they showed spock in the new in the new trilogy mentor the, the chris pine kirk you know basically you know with the with the altered timeline with the romulans coming through and him basically having to figure it out and and it getting to a point where Spock wasn't worried about the prime directive. He needs to kind of point this kid in the right direction because everything will be lost. If not for that, 
that also goes to show with what what, I, what what you said earlier about that friendship, that bond that Spock and Kirk had. And to, to show the older Spock, I think they called him Spock Prime, you know, show him sort of leading Kirk in the, in, in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and you know what, man, the movies have, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they dog some of the movies out, but some of those movies are really, really well done. Uh, they are. Really good. Uh, you know, I, I know we were kind of talking uh, right before we started recording about uh, our favorite, uh, well, at least honorable mentions for for some, uh, or you know, at least honorable mentions for some of the movies or whatnot. And uh, you know, I think we both agree uh, that one of our favorites is uh, the Wrath of Khan, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just a good film, and that's just the uh, and, and that really. It's all about the original crew, the okay. original crew. Uh, you got anything to say about the Rafa Khan or any of the other movies before uh, we go any further? Oh yeah, the um, Rafa Khan was awesome. It was one of the first times that you would have seen a television show have a storyline, and then you see how this storyline ends or how it progresses into a movie. Because Khan, what Khan Noonan Singh was a was a um pretty much a conqueror of of earth and and i and uh they were saying that of course most of those star star trek um series basically are are going from the premise of earth having a huge war pretty much around now you know a, a, around the 21st century and um khan noonan singh was a huge conqueror he was pretty much uh shot in the outer space they they sedated him and he was he was um awakened by Captain Kirk and his crew. He tried to take over the Enterprise and then they pretty much put him on this moon that had a colony there and it was supposed to be thriving and this was gonna be a way he could start over with all of his officers and all of his crew, all of his people that 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 you know helped him to conquer so many territories on Earth. And then it t- it takes off into the Wrath of Khan movie. And it was pretty awesome to see how we already know who this guy is because he was on the original series. And now this is what's happened, what, roughly 20 years later. So, so yeah, The Wrath of Khan is one of, the, one of their best movies. Yeah, and you know what? It was one of those movies that made me go back and watch uh, some of the original series because okay. I, was never, I was never a big fan of the original series, whether... Okay. It, it, you know, I'm a Star Trek guy. I mean, a Star Wars guy. So I was like, eh, you know, it's okay. Uh, you know, I saw a couple of episodes here and there. But then when I watched The Wrath of Khan, which was, honestly, that was my first Star Trek movie that I watched. Okay. I was my like, man, this is, this is really, really good. I was like, yeah. man, this is good. Okay, so let's go back and see what prompted this. And, you know, to see it move across mediums. Right. I mean, it's something we do now in this era, in this time, you know, you'll watch a movie and then, you know, you may go and read the comic book and then they may have a, a show, you know, a spinoff show uh, based on the movie or, you know, you might read the novel where this was something relatively new back in the 80s yeah. and whatnot. You didn't have many movies that crossed over into, you know, not faithfully cross over into a show or a show that faithfully crossed over to a movie. Uh, and so to see that, I was very impressed with that. Uh, and, you know, the great 
Ricardo Montalban uh, being able to reprise that role was just, to me, it was genius. And I always say it like this, to me, that uh, the Wrath of Khan is the Empire Strikes Back of the Star Wars movies. It is the greatest one. Yeah, I mean, there's some other ones. Like, I like First Contact. Uh, what was that? The other one. Uh, what was that? Search for Spock. Yeah, Search, is it, is Search for Spock was very good, and, and and I like the one. I'm not great with the names of them, but um, where where Picard took on the um, Borg Queen. I thought that was. Oh yeah, yeah. That's First Contact. That's First, first Contact. Okay. Yep. So that's the one with Zephyr and yeah. Uh yeah. That that's great. Uh, and you you mentioned something I did not know. I did not know that Janeway Janeway took on the Borg. I had no idea. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to uh, find that somewhere streaming she and uh, wa- watch that as well. Did she? Yeah. I'm wow. Okay. It was on their very last episode. It was on the series finale. She defeated the board. Yeah, that's why Janeway. And she she's way up there. She's she's way way up there, definitely. So wow. So I, okay. so I guess that would just kind of lead us into, and I guess we we pretty much given the answer to this next question. But what villain would you have this? ultimate Star Trek crew face off against? Well, I mean, it's in my opinion, I, I, I like Khan. I, I got to go with Khan. Uh, even though I'm a next generation guy, I'm going with Khan just oh because I, get, I, I guess it's that, that, that whole Shakespearean uh, background, his, his, his intellect, and, and not only his intellect, his passion. That's what I like to see. I like to see a passionate villain, like somebody they're they're not just uh, satisfied with you losing, like they want to annihilate you, they want to embarrass you, and uh, to me, it's, it's got to be Khan. Uh, I got to go with yeah, I got to go with Khan. I like Khan a lot too, and Khan to kind of piggyback off what you just said. I really like that passionate villain too. I like the villain who is the hero in his own mind. Sort of like Thanos, because okay. you know Thanos. If if they cut the movie a certain way, he's doing. They could portray him as, and it it would be kind of terrible. But I'm saying, he <laughs> he had his own reasons for wanting to kill off half of the universe. Uh, they yeah. were kind of twisted, of course, but in his own mind, he was the hero. And in Khan's own mind, you know, you, you uh, Kirk pretty much pretty much just put them on this moon thinking it was thriving. And they were saying, what, six months after they moved there, the something, some kind of catastrophe happened, and they were basically in squalor and in a terrible environment, and pretty much this moon was almost uninhabitable, but no one from Starfleet came to check on them. And this is 20 years later, and in the, the original episode, one of the crew members fell in love with Khan. And she chose to go with Khan and his people. Yeah. He died during the meantime of, of them being being left there. So when Khan faces off against Kirk and the crew, or at this time Admiral Admiral Kirk, he was he was mad. And and you know, he was justified in that. Now, he was a criminal and a conqueror from old Earth. So what what do you expect really after you try to take over the ship? But at the same time, they were supposed to be sending them somewhere that they could build up and thrive. And then that could, I can't think of what exactly it was, if it was some kind of lunar catastrophe or something happened. And then they. Yeah, I, I think that's what it was. It was a, a star went supernova. 
That's right. Too close. Okay. There. And then I think it knocked their planet out of orbit. Okay. And and that's why they didn't recognize, if I'm not mistaken, that's why they didn't recognize what planet it was supposed to be because it was uh, off course or not matching up with the uh, star maps that they had. That sounds right. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I can I can kind of see Khan in his own mind being like, hey, you know, y'all 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 stuck us here and did us dirty. So now it's time for revenge. So I would pick Khan also. I would also pick the Borg for a close second. And the Borg was very intriguing. Up until they showed the Borg Queen, you really didn't have any, you know, any real real understanding of why they did what they did. You know, they were just out there. It was kind of like the closest thing to a space zombie. You know, they were, they were just there and resistance is futile. You know, if you get too close, you'll get captured and then they will, you know, you'll get assimilated with, with these robotic parts. But I, I really like Khan's passion, but I like the power and the might of the Borg because if you're going to put together this ultimate team, I think you put together this ultimate team to take on the ultimate villains. Once again, shout out back to the Avengers. You know, if if it's talking about Manhattan, Spider-Man can take care of that. And if you're talking about Los Angeles, I guess Iron Man might have lived there. But if you're talking about a universal threat like Thanos, then we need to get everybody together and make this super team. So maybe this super team was put together to take on a super villain like the Borg. Yeah, I, I think that's a great choice for the board. I, I know myself just looking at the whole aspect of assimilation, right? Uh, that's just, that's very scary to me to, yeah. to think that, you know, it's coming. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, you know, they they adapt to your phasers. You know, they change their frequencies off, often on the shield uh, generators. Uh, you know, they they look like you and I, except for like zombified versions of you and I. Yeah. So I, I think that's a great choice. I think it's a great choice going with the board. Yeah. yeah, and you know they're 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 pretty much emotionless. You know, you, you're not going to appeal to them. You're not going to make them afraid. You know, they're they're just there, and it's so many of them, and they'll fly on that big cube shaped uh, spaceship. Yeah, yeah, they were they would put it pretty threatening, and they had all that weaponry that, you know, Khan basically just didn't have. He just had a bunch of really tough people who could fight hand-to-hand, but I don't think Khan had any ships, but uh, he was he was really crafty and cunning in everything. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it was his, uh, because he was part of the um, the eugenics wars. So, right. yeah, that, that was like the major thing uh, uh, that... Uh, that really was making him threatening, you know, that, that he represented the ultimate evolution of man or mankind of, of right. what we were supposed to be. And, and I guess it really speaks of that whole thing of, you know, uh, uh, you know, being, uh, being deleted from time or, you know, seeing someone come up and, and, you know, they're stronger than you, they're younger than you, they're more intelligent. And, and, and it kind of, that's what all these villains really do. They really represent, our fears in uh in life, right? Whether right. it's assimilation, or whether it's becoming old and useless, and someone new coming along. Right. But I, I think either one of those, really, the Borg or even 
uh, Khan would do well. And, and I think they could have really improved that Star Wars, I mean, Star Wars, that Star Trek Generations movie by uh, implementing somebody that's more threatening than Malcolm McDowell, right? So I think so too. Yeah. 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 That would have been great. Uh, if you're going to bring Picard and uh, Kirk together, then why not for the ultimate evil in the Borg or the ultimate evil uh, in Khan? That would have been great. I agree. I agree. That that movie could have been a whole lot better. It could have been yeah. a whole lot better. I don't. I don't. I don't ever ever watch that one too much. That was that was one of the worst ones. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. But you know what? I, I will say this. It had a great line by Scotty, uh, where Scotty uh, is talking to Jordy. And they're asking uh, the captain, I can't remember who it was, but one of the captains was asking, how long is it going to take to get the engine up? And uh, Jordy's about to tell him, like, you know, like, it'll take two hours. And Scotty's like, no, 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 you don't tell him that. He said, you tell him, like, four or five hours. Then when you do it in two, (laughs) when you do it in two, it makes, you know, it makes you look really good. And I adopted that in life, right? I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. You know, if you know you can do it in two, you know you can do it in two hours, and someone asks you how long it'll take, yeah, you tell them, like, four hours. Oh, yeah. And then when you, you know, you got a little wiggle room there. Lots of wiggle room. And when you do it in two and a half hours, then you look great. So, oh, yeah, right. It's, it's all about setting expectations. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So that that is the only bright spot in that movie. The rest of it is pretty much garbage. But uh... pretty much, pretty much, yeah. It's it's, it's kind of like the Star Trek version of GI Jody movie. It's kind of like yeah, we don't look at that one. It's, it's like the Michael Jordan Wizard years almost. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Did you besmirch G.I. Joe the movie? I, man, look, I love that movie. I've probably watched that, even though Duke should have died in that movie. I watched that movie so much. It's just... My fault, I misspoke. I said G.I. Joe the movie. I actually love G.I. Joe the movie. I admit Transformers the movie. Oh, okay. I love that so one, painful, too. I, I love... can't ever get the, get the title of it right. Transformers uh, I... the movie. Either way, I like that one too. I, I guess, killing all time in, in favor of, of Hot Rod. That's just like wow. Yeah, well, th- now that I don't agree with. I don't, I didn't yeah. agree with that, but but it's just a a seminal movie. I, but you know what? That movie is a tale of two halves, right? You get the first half of the movie where you know they're they're talking about Moonbase One. They got Unicron, and then you get up to the point where Optimus Prime dies. And then you're like, what's what's going on? It's a totally different movie after that. But yeah. regardless of whatever, whatever is happening, I kind of love it for what it is. Uh, so, you know, but maybe that's another episode waiting to happen. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. And I think we, we covered some of those points back on our Transformers episode earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't listened to that one, you check listen to this podcast, yeah, go out. check it out, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's That's pretty a good. good. Episode. That's a good episode, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we had some fun with that one. We oh yeah, some- lots of fun, lots of fun. That's actually one of one of our first ones. So yeah, so definitely. So 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 if you go back and listen to that one, you can kind of see how the journey got to where it's gotten now. So yeah, without question. All right, so uh, I guess let's get to uh, what's on the shelf. Uh, I'll let if if you don't mind, I'm gonna let you go first. Because I got a bunch of stuff now you threw at me. I'm like, okay, where am I going to pick for the week? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so what's on my shelf? I still haven't seen Tenet. Um, I don't think it's still in the theaters. 
So I'm going to dedicate some time to checking this fire stick and seeing where I can find tenant. It's probably on a on a rent some kind of rent system for three days or so for about thirty bucks. I have to decide whether I want to kick out thirty for a ten dollar in the theater movie. But yeah, that's what I'm 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 going to going to research doing pretty soon here. Okay, well I know here that it is uh it's still it's still in th- theaters here because our theaters uh just opened I want to say like October 9th or something like that so okay our theaters just opened not too long ago so it's still here uh uh the only word of advice that I have uh for you going okay. into watching Tenet is uh make sure you don't have anything else on your mind like take okay. notes <laughs> take notes oh wow okay <laughs> and like really pay attention like some of the dialects uh in the accents that that people speak with are very very thick so you're gonna have to really pay attention for that okay. uh it's a good movie though but man i felt super dumb afterwards like i felt like man and and i i think of myself as a relatively intelligent person right uh but somewhere along the line i was totally lost so i'm gonna end up watching that again uh at some point at some point i'm gonna watch it again well actually you shouldn't feel bad whatsoever because i i listened to an interview with john david washington last week he was on jamel hill's podcast okay oh jamel hill is unbothered it's a it's a pretty good podcast also shout out to 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 jamel and uh he basically said the same thing and he was in the movie and he said it was awesome He, he really loves the movie and he's watched it a few times and He's still not exactly sure what all happened in the movie. <laughs> and he recommends if you watch it, you watch it multiple times. And he says he's watched it multiple times and he still doesn't have 100% of what was going on. So that looks like that's pretty much the expectation and the intention of Tenet is to kind of entertain you and confuse the heck out of you at the same time. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I, I will say I'm going to go into my pick for the week. Uh <laughs> Because I'm I'm not gonna pick Tenet again. I'm not gonna watch it right away. I'm not I'm not there yet. I can't I cannot watch it uh right away. Uh but uh my uh uh my uh what's on the shelf is going to be uh I'm on the last episode of uh this HBO Max show called Raised by Wolves. Okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna finish that out, watch it. It's a uh it's a pretty trippy sci-fi movie. Uh, I think uh, the executive producer of that is uh, it's the same guy who uh, made Aliens, uh, Ridley oh. Scott. So he's oh, wow. he's the executive producer of that, and you can kind of see uh, you can see his influence in this. Uh, he's not the director, I don't believe, uh, but he influences it, and he's the executive producer, and uh, it's. A lot of the concepts that he put forward in, like Prometheus, and then uh, what's that, Alien Covenant, uh, dealing with uh, the uh, dealing with the uh, awareness of like androids or whatnot, that comes to the forefront uh, in this show. So uh, that that's that's on my list, and and you know what, I have to give a shout out to Alien Covenant, right? Not a great movie. By yeah, any yeah, any totally stretch, of, yeah, not a great movie <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. So anybody listening, please do not take away 
do not take take away my credit for anything we said previous. So it's, it's Alien Covenant is not a great movie. It's full of dumb people doing dumb things uh, all the time throughout the whole movie. Same thing with Prometheus. But what I did love about Alien Covenant is this: is that the android David uh, in that film is probably one of the best villains I've seen in any uh, movie in recent history, right? In recent history. Okay. Uh, I, I dare say I would put him up there uh, with a Thanos type of character because of his ambition. Now, yes, he's crazy. And yes, the character is evil. But, you know, he has motivation. He has passion for what he's doing. And then, you know, he, he lets nothing get in the way of what he needs to accomplish. And I think that makes a great villain. So if anybody's out there trying to, you know, you're writing a film or a script or a screen uh, play, and you're looking at what makes a great villain, then I would say watch Alien Covenant just for uh, for David, uh, played okay. by uh, Michael Fassbender. Oh, so, yeah. Wa- yeah, watch that, man. It's just, uh, uh, you know, it's a great portrayal of a villain. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I've 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 seen Alien Covenant. I I watched Prometheus, and uh, after Prometheus, I wasn't really interested in watching Alien Covenant. <laughs> but I think I was. I don't know. It's the, the kind of thing you watch when you're bored, and the television happens to be on that channel. So yeah, yeah. I will. I maybe I'll check it out again and kind of look at it from from a different perspective to to look at it from I guess David's eyes, so to speak, a little more. Yeah, I mean, just check it out for that. I mean, it's it's not really a good movie. It's not. It's, it's a lot of dumb people. I mean, first of all, if you're going, and, and I didn't mean to hijack this for alien discussion, <laughs> but, you know, they're on, they're, they're on this ship, you know, they get waking out the stasis pods, and then they go across, they go by this planet where there shouldn't be any human, uh, there shouldn't be any uh, human uh, activity. There really shouldn't be any life on this planet at all. And then, you know, you hear uh, uh, Country Road playing across a frequency coming from this planet. I am not going to investigate. And I, I don't care what's happening. We are going to stay yeah. on mission. We already don't have enough fuel to go down there. And then they go down there anyway. Dumbest yeah. move ever. Dumbest move ever. So I'm, I'm just like, yeah. okay, what, yeah, I wouldn't do that. So pretty much like the out of space version of being in a cabin on Camp Crystal Lake and hearing a strange noise. What's that yeah. noise, Biff? Let's go outside and see. Yeah, right. I, I see exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, let's go investigate. Let's go yeah, investigate. Let's go out there and see what that strange cha 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 ha 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 is. Yeah, you, you you know what those people they they deserve to die. Those they characters deserve to die, deserve to die for they going out there and being dumb. Yeah. That's what happened. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. I I like intelligent people in in horror movies. The people who say no, let's not go there. And then yeah. for some reason, you know, the monster or alien or whatever comes to them. That's fine. But yeah. people, you know, oh, let's go investigate. That's the dumbest thing. I'm not investigating Jack. I'm not Nothing. either. I'm not either. Totally, totally. Yeah, I, I always say the same things. You know, when you go out and you seek out the monster, you'll probably find him, and then he'll probably take you out. But yeah, I I see it exactly the same way. Like the yeah, I, that were playing with the with the puzzle box and the Hellraiser movies. Pinhead wasn't wasn't really bothering you guys, but you pushed the button, and that's what made him come. So 
So yeah, leave the leave the monster where he is. You don't have to deal with him if you don't want to. Yeah, you find a puzzle box in a haunted or an abandoned house. It's the right. only thing there. Why did you think it was left there? Like it's got like you know that would be the thing in my mind. Like okay, this is an abandoned building. First of all, why am I in an abandoned building or an abandoned home? And then I find a puzzle box that someone just left, just you know, just sitting right in the middle of the room. Why would I open that up? Is something wrong with this picture? But you know, people definitely something wrong. If I find a puzzle box of any type anywhere, I'm not touching it. Yeah, first of all, I'm too old for puzzles. I ain't yeah. doing that mess, okay? Uh-huh. I'm not doing it. I'm just no. I got too much. I got I got taxes. I got bills yeah. to pay. I too got uh-uh. no. I'm good. No, I'm too good. Much stuff going on out there with some Cenobites. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Sell it on eBay. Sell it on, Sell eBay. It on eBay. Exactly. Yeah, I'm putting it in a, a plastic bag and, and wearing gloves when I deal with it too. Yeah. 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 But that's uh that's about. That's about about my approach. That's my approach. So, man, look, another great episode uh, in in the bucket here. Uh, Great Star Trek episode uh, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Exactly. Great episode. Awesome. All right. Uh, If if you guys uh, would like to reach out to us, uh, you can reach out to the Sport Milk family on Facebook. Uh, You connect with us there. Uh, drop us a line, follow our page, uh, find out what we're doing next. Uh, you can listen to our podcast on Google, Apple, anywhere where podcasts are played. If you like to email us, you can email us at spoiledmilkweb at gmail. Uh, or if you'd like to get at us on Twitter, you can also get at us on Twitter. And our twi- Twitter handle is spoiledmilkweb zero one so i'm I'm sorry spoiled milk web one so uh you can tweet us uh get at us there let us know how you like the podcast uh again as always i'm dj and i'm big mike yep (laughs) got big mike there yeah and we appreciate you guys thanks a lot spoiled milk family it's been awesome